Welcome to the podcast of top executive coach, Tony Mayo. This podcast is a conversation with one of Tony's clients, management consultant, Ron Diamond. The general topics were having a script in life relating to people as opposed to the task and you know, the piece of paper running to the fax machine. We talked about reading business books, reading literature, using bridge, chess, and Excel to tickle the brain, how they manage things at Pixar and Silicon Valley companies with very flat, lots of feedback. And then the second episode, we talked about how to get people to have core hours using shared goal and straight conversation instead of enforcement and rules and mm -hmm. punishments Talked about semco and team-based management toxic bosses is a topic you brought up and that became our third episode told you about mci and really how we came to be into this business mm -hmm. talked a little bit about the brain we should probably talk about more about the brain in the future and how useful it is when you notice you have a habit uh, a strategy that isn't working for you is to just tell one on yourself. Tell other people that's what you do and give them permission to remind you. And then you react like Ganesha, right. go through the roof. Right. That's what we've talked about before. Okay. It's been a very busy, I don't know, 36 hours for me. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd get a jump on the day, getting up a little early yesterday morning. The good thing about that was it gave me a chance to go out and have a long walk with the dog before it got too hot and humid. And I came back from that, had something to eat, showered. I had a teleconference where I remotely moderate a two, every two weeks executive team meeting. That's always interesting, but it takes a high level of attention to do that. I went directly from there, got in my car, drove to a client where I trained some engineers, technical people on how to have better sales results with their clients so that mm -hmm. everyone who's doing technical work can also be looking out for other needs, other options, really other ways to serve the client. That was sort of the, the key shift they had to make from, I'm not being trained on how to get something for the advantage of my employer. I'm trying to look for ways that we can help the client do Perfect. what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, and that was much more in line with what they wanted to be accomplishing. Couldn't stay for lunch after that meeting. So I jumped in the car. I had a two o'clock coaching call with the owner of a internet business, uh, finished up with that. And then I thought, well, I've got some time now. I'm going to bring the car over for a little bit of maintenance because I've got a road trip coming up. While I'm waiting for the car to be vacuumed, I get a phone call from a client saying, aren't we on for four o'clock today? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so, oh, it's my mistake. Uh, Boyd gave me an option of two different times and I never told him which one I wanted. Hmm. I said, well, if you're available in 20 minutes, I'll be back at my desk. So I rushed back to my office. We had a coaching call, a really great call about a crucial point he's at in his decision between a lot of great options he's facing. But it ran long, an hour and a quarter, and that put me right up against uh, my bridge lesson. And I thought, well, I've still got a little bit of time to get a snack before I get trained in bridge. And I get a phone call from a, a colonel in the Marine Corps. So I stood up. I don't know why. Never been in the military, <laughs> but it seemed like a thing, to, the do. thing to do. <laughs> and he had this wonderful opportunity available where the Marine Corps, I suppose a lot of the military services do, have these outreach programs where they bring community leaders, business executives in and give them a one-day briefing and experience to what the Marine Corps does and, more to my interest, how they do it what their organization and leadership is like. Mm. 
uh, it's really cool. And he said, can you get uh, 10 people, 10 of your clients together to come with us? We'll start in the Pentagon. We'll meet with the Commandant of the Marine Corps. We'll meet with some other general officers of a tour of the Pentagon. Then we'll take either a helicopter or one of our, what you call the name of this? Uh, uh, a short takeoff and landing, STOL. Yeah, STOL uh, Osprey vehicles, uh, which, as I recall, had quite a safety record when they were developing yeah. it. I'm sure they've worked all that out. In the, so it they, was in the UK, the Harriet jump jet. That was, the, I think, the one with the issues. I was hoping it was a Harriet. That'd be really cool. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to get in one of these cool military uh, aircraft, zip down to Quantico, meet some more people there, see how they train their people, get to play with some mm -hmm. firearms, which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, then they'll fly us back, take us downtown D.C. for the evening parade with a sort of the changing of the guard wow. at the Marine headquarters which I understand is quite a spectacle I've never seen. What an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got a bridge lesson, so I finished with him, and I took my bridge <laughs> lesson, and I thought, well, I could eat or I could get this invitation out. Sent the invitation out at 8.30. Uh, within two hours, I had four or five of my chief executive clients confirmed to go on this. Wow. And I've gotten a few more this morning. Wow. Uh, then this morning, I had a 9 o'clock coaching call as well, so I had to get out there and uh, get my exercise with the dog again and, and then geez, then you show up I mean it's just never ending <laughs> well, well what's the experience like for cramming so much into such a little time what's that like for you how do you feel it, about that yeah this time I felt great yeah it felt I was fully utilized uh, it wasn't overwhelming it was right on that edge uh, that edge that we've you and I've talked about a flow yeah where it's uh, you're not worried about yourself you're not distracted by things you just it's just take the next step it'll probably work out and if it doesn't i can respond properly to it so i've been in that sort of flow state for a while yeah it, it does take something it uses up some fuel and it's not uh, a state that you want to sustain permanently you've got to have a recovery phase as well mm. remember several times during the day yesterday, i thought what i really want to do is just lie on the floor and uh, <laughs> meditate or breathe or something and then the phone would ring or something else would pop up. Yeah. And I haven't had a good chance to do that yet. So let's do that now. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to move on to the floor. That is a good uh, meditative exercise. But so let's just take a few minutes now. And I hope the people listening to the podcast will, will do this as well, unless you're driving. Um, but if you're at a place where you can get anything out of your hands that uh, you may be holding, I know you should put your coffee cup down, which is a good idea. And just start a simple body scan. This is something you can do either in the car. Start with the soles of your feet. Now, we often don't think about them, but just check in. We do have nerve endings on the soles of our feet. You know, what do you feel? And try to notice any judgments or opinions you have about how it feels. You know, if you feel your shoes pressing up against you in a way that you don't welcome, just notice that you're not welcoming that sensation right now. Try to stay away from, it hurts, I bought the wrong shoes, uh, boy, it's going to feel worse by the end of the day. Stay right in the present experience and just notice the sensation in your feet, in your ankles. Anytime any other thought comes up beyond your current physical experience, just bring your attention back to your body. Nothing's wrong. This is what the brain does. We're training it to focus on the present moment. How your clothes feel against your legs. Moving up to your hips. Relax your abdomen. Take a nice breath with a relaxed abdomen. In. 
out through the mouth. Oh, that felt good. Let's do that. that was that good? That felt good. Let's do that again. Relax the abs. Just continue your scan up through the chest, shoulders, your arms, elbows. What do you feel from your hands? What's the current message, physical sensation coming from your fingertips, from your palm? Back up to your shoulders, see if there are any muscles that are working, which don't have to be. Perhaps you can just let them relax a bit. The back of your neck, back of your head, just let those muscles relax. Let your head comfortably balance on top of your neck. Feel your scalp. Relax your forehead. Let your eyes close gently. Breathe in through the nose, into the belly. As you breathe in through the nose, just make some space in your mouth. Relax. Your tongue doesn't need to press up against your teeth. Your lips relaxed. Let's just take three gentle breaths. And then at your own time, Open your eyes and bring your attention back. Well, Ron, what do you notice well, now compared to three or four minutes ago? I just noticed, and it's funny, I think this happens every time I do this exercises. I just notice how clenched up my jaw is, how tight things are. Sure. Yep. And I used to think before I started doing something like this, I used to think this was hokey. I used to think that this is, you know, uh, um, just strange, unusual, hokey. It, it, you know, it, it wasn't natural. And then I started, you know, doing it. I think you introduced it to me 10, 15 years ago. And I really, and now, like a habit, before I'm, if, I, if I'm in a place of anxiety or overwhelm and I do this exercise, it just opens things up and it, mm -hmm. and it just puts things into perspective. So right now I just got, you know, how, again, how clenched up as a natural state my, my jaw is. And think of all the energy that's using up that you could yeah. be directing to something you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so now one of the things that, that I got out of, doing this with you is especially right before uh, a really important uh, customer meeting oh, or phone best time call to do or it. presentation I'll do this and uh, it just makes my contribution it just opens things up for me when I'm with that that client you know I'm not so worried about what's going on inside for me it just gets gets rid of all that stuff if that makes any sense yeah, so yeah it, it, one way I like to talk about it and this is a concept we talked about in an earlier podcast you make some space for the meeting Mm -hmm. Instead of having all this oh, yeah. tension and the thoughts of what went on before, what might happen afterwards, yeah. <sighs> yeah. breathe out and make some space for what's next. 
I had a bottle of Deer Park water the other day and thought of exactly that. And that's one of the reasons I use that Deer Park <laughs> example is you see it all the time. You say, oh, can what you, am I making a space for now? Can you get an endorsement from them? Or maybe advertisement <laughs> here or that's something? That's an idea. Maybe I should give my physical address so they can ship large quantities of Deer Park water to me. I would appreciate that. The other thing, and you mentioned about flow, is, and you said it's, and I was thinking to myself, what's right on the other side of flow? There's a line, and, and, the, and for me, the other side of it is that anxiety and that overwhelm. Uh, there's a, so there's a distinction. I think this is access. That, that what we've just done is access to recognizing the difference, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that brings me to what I wanted to talk about today, which was procrastination. Well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, Thank God for editing software, really. No, really. So I think that there's that that one of the sources of anxiety and overwhelm for me is sometimes the procrastination. So it's in the same bucket for me. Uh, you know, I'll have so much to do, and I just don't even know where to start. And that overwhelm causes me to not even want to address the the sheer volume of things that have to get done. And so I'll do something that really, you know, it doesn't really have to get done just to ignore the yeah, stuff that has to get so done. so normal. Yeah. So I guess I'm, what I'm looking for, maybe what our listeners are looking for, are tips or tricks or, 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 or some access to, you know, dealing with that. Or maybe it's just me. Well, you know, one of the things about being a coach is you get to ask lots of questions that seem obvious. Yeah. Not the questions, the answers seem obvious. Why would you want to have this be different? Why would I want to have what be different? You described the procrastination. Yeah. It's it's normal. Lots of people go through this. You spend a fair amount of time there. I spend some time there. Yeah. So what? What do you mean? Like just accept that it's okay to procrastinate from time to time? I'm not saying that's my recommendation. I'm asking you why you bring oh. that up. What oh. is it? Well, because there's... I, I, there's so much to get done and there's so much to deliver and there's sometimes there's this you know five or ten different a1 priorities um so that so i'd love to take the energy that i spend in procrastinating and put that into something that's more useful more you know makes a better difference for my clients or more for my business so i guess it's pr sort of like a natural pr prioritization Natural. Well, if I step back and look at what do I want to accomplish, naturally I want to accomplish the things that make the biggest difference. I want to deliver the thing to the client. I want to go get a new client. I want to do those things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. So naturally, do that. And when you're procrastinating, what is going on in your head? What's the internal conversation? It's too much. It's all too much, right? Um, I'll get it get to it later I just need a break I, I don't know something like that mm-hmm yeah maybe I do just need a break sometimes in underlying all of this seems to be various cleverly dressed up versions of something's wrong yeah it, it's wrong that I'm not getting stuff done yeah it's yeah. wrong that I have this much stuff to do yeah and there's stuff wrong about the world that I need to do stuff about it. Mm. There's things I need to fix. So I just want you to notice from how much of everything you said, A1 priorities, deadlines, too much stuff, doing the wrong stuff, uh, loss of energy, uh, just various 
expressions of the judgment that mm. the way it is is not okay yeah yeah it's like a problem like i hold the those things as problems yeah it shouldn't be that way right i have all these to do's because there's stuff that's has to be fixed yeah and when i'm not fixing them oh boy i really need to get fixed when i'm not actually fixing those things yeah if only tony he's a great coach if only he could fix the fact <laughs> that i'm not fixed enough to go fix this stuff <laughs> then, I, then i'd be fixed <laughs> The dog has left the room. I said, get fixed too many times. <laughs> but that's a different context. <laughs> Is this making any sense to you? Yeah, it does. I certainly have a, a um, you know, a, a, it should be a certain way. I, I definitely have a judgment about that. Uh, and that there's something wrong that, uh, that I'm not, you know, disciplined enough to mm -hmm. tackle the A1s. Boom, boom, boom. Like yeah. that. If there's something wrong and it's me. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you notice if you mentally or for the listeners physically roll back the tape when I was talking about the busy flow like 30 or 40 hours I've just completed. Yeah. I mentioned that it was a <clears throat> lot to do. It was on the edge of too much, which would have been a problem to fix, but it wasn't. I could handle it. It was stuff worth doing and I was doing it. I had to, I was able to do it. It took a lot of focus and energy, but I could handle it. Mm -hmm. There was nothing wrong. Mm. I got a lot done. So it's a strange, I shouldn't say strange, because it's so common, happens so often. It's a hard to articulate distinction. But it seems like when we start working on something because it's wrong, it gets more wrong. Mm -hmm. But if we're working on something because that's what we do, it's natural, it's rewarding, it's enjoyable, it's within our capacity, then pleasant things happen. The process of doing it seems to be pretty pleasant and the outcomes tend to be more welcome. Well, it's funny because that's what I forget. I mean, I'll jump in. So I'll finally jump into the thing that I want to really want to do. Mm -hmm. And I've already got it and it worked out that this is going to be too hard. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be confusing. And I jump into it and I love it and it gets done quickly and I'm satisfied with it when it's done. So I think what's missing for me is that reminder that my idea of it is different than it doing and accomplishing it. It's, a, it's that one little sort of push. I think that I, uh, I don't know if there's a technique uh, around that or just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, just doing it is, is almost irrelevant. Hmm. We fall into that trap a lot. I'm in a terrible mood. It shouldn't be this way. All this stuff is messed up. In fact, it's not even my fault, but I've got to deal with it. But you know, I'm a good guy. I'm disciplined. You know, discipline. I think of somebody with a whip, you know, discipline. <laughs> I need more more discipline. Well, you know, there's a lot of people who, in the yellow pages that do dominance and discipline. Call them up if you think that's what you need. Right. I don't think that's what you need. Uh, you know, this, these are all things that are kind of unwelcome. And even when you bear down and whatever word you want to use and start plowing through a lot of to-dos, it often doesn't feel that good either. Mm. It's just more stuff to do. Mm. All you did was not fail. Even when you bear down and complete these tasks that are fixing what's wrong, all you did was not fail. 
Because if you didn't do them, you were failing, right? Mm -hmm. So by doing them... You're not failing. Whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> whoopee. Yeah. I got to not die today. Yeah. How about living? Yeah. Yesterday, I felt like I was living. I hope. Yeah. I think that came across from the way yeah. I described it. Yeah. So where is that difference between not failing and living and succeeding? Where, where, does, where does that exist? Well, I think for me, it has something to do with my commitments, to, to especially to people and, and clients and to my business. If I can make a difference for a, a customer yeah, yeah. or into the business, that's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And that calls me. And where does the ex what is the existence of those commitments? It's in my just saying them and declaring them and speaking them. That's the only place, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there'll be some tangible outcomes from those commitments. But the commitments itself is the language you use, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the things we've been talking about are in the language. I mean, some people can be perfectly happy and fulfilled uh, doing manual labor, cleaning out garbage cans, cutting grass. Other people, yeah. oh my, my life is a mess. I'm yeah. cleaning out garbage cans. I'm doing manual labor. This is terrible. Yeah. To the third party observer, they look like the same activity, but it's how the person's speaking about it, sometimes out loud, but even all the time in your head, mm. that little voice. Mm -hmm. Does everybody know about that voice that's always talking in your head? And if you're thinking, well, what voice is he talking about? That's the voice. <laughs> Sometimes I call it the what voice voice. You know? <laughs> that voice is always talking. And it's in that language in our internal conversation from the what voice or in how we speak to each other about what we're doing. That's the entirety. I want you to get this. This is not a symptom or a byproduct of this is the entirety of whether it's a flow life enhancing experience or a drag and a problem and something to get fixed it's all how we talk about it hmm. so is access to the shift from it's a problem to it's an opportunity just speak just saying that something literally like that yeah again this is where it gets slippery to talk about because I'm not saying do affirmations or right. positive. <laughs> right. I have no regard for affirmations and trying to reprogram your head this way. Yeah. In fact, there is a, a book uh, written by uh, Tofu Roshi. It's a comic Zen book. <laughs> and the only thing I remember about it is he suggests as a discipline each morning that you jump out of bed, stand in front of the mirror naked, confront yourself and say with feeling three times every day in every way i'm becoming less attached to self-improvement <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not affirmations you said that you you mentioned the key word the real leverage point which is your commitments hmm. when you're clear about what your life is for then all your other language can flow from that. If you're speaking mm -hmm. about how it serves your commitments, then everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. I mean, yesterday I knew what I was doing. Uh, I had clients to serve. I had opportunities to create. And I was coaching people. I, mean, I love coaching people. Mm -hmm. In fact, I decided that I'm, by a pretty firm definition, addicted to coaching. Mm -hmm. That is, I'm happiest when I'm coaching. And when I'm not coaching, my life's all about getting another chance to coach. So, right. Just like a junkie, you're either, you're either high or yeah. you're trying to get some junk. Yeah. You know, I'm either coaching or I'm looking for a chance to coach. 
and that's mostly what I was doing yesterday. Yeah. I was either coaching or looking for a chance to coach. And so it wasn't, these weren't obstacles. They weren't intrusions. This was what I'm up to. It was my life. That's why I felt alive. Mm. I've defined my life as this. The activities I was carrying out, I directly related in my internal conversation, in my external conversation, to what I'm committed to. So I had the experience of being alive and engaged. I could have been doing the same stuff. You know, plenty of things were uncomfortable and pleasant yesterday. But the weather was hot. Uh, the schedule was tight. Things changed. Stuff came out of left field. Equipment broke down. Those are all things that could turn it into a day that sucks. That's there's something to fix. So I'm not saying this to say I'm some kind of transcendent being. I mean, you know as well as anyone that I get stuck in it and I know, you know, get into what's wrong and try to fix it as well. I'm just using this as an example. Clarity of what we're committed to and how we speak about it that makes a difference of whether the day is worth having or just something you're surviving. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. More information is available at TonyMayo.com. We appreciate your comments, suggestions for future topics, and most of all, stories of how you applied the coaching. Our email address is podcast at mayogenuine.com. This podcast is the property of top executive coach, Tony Mayo, copyright 2011.